This week's Four Questions Journalist Spotlight is brought to you by Lefts Atlanta Media, Atlanta's best journalist database. Subscribe at leftsatlantamedia.com. Welcome to another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. We are talking today with Carol Nemi, who is a uh, writer and contributor to the reporter papers, among other things. And uh, we're going to get kind of get into a, a monthly column that she does for the reporter papers and about some other marketing things that she's doing around town. But good morning, Carol. Good morning. I appreciate your here. yeah, and I appreciate your taking some time. So, give us a little feel first. Like, what is what is your background? Where where have you worked, and kind of what brought you to this this place with the reporter papers now? Well, it's a long story. Um, I did get a PhD in English from UGA, and was a bit disillusioned with the otherworldliness of it, and I ended up in advertising. Started as an advertising copywriter, was made creative director, vice president and creative director of a major Atlanta agency. I was told I was the first woman in Atlanta to have that position. So I was a pioneer without knowing it. But um, I have always been a writer above all else. And I wrote my first short story when I was eight years old. And I've you know, been looking, 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 looking for that story because they say that the story exists before the writer. The story exists looking for the person to tell the story. And uh, when I was in high school, we moved to the Philippines and I saw there poverty and misery like you cannot imagine. But what always struck me and my whole family was the people were so happy. They were joyful. They were grateful. They were so generous. My father used to say, don't admire anything a Filipino has because he'll give it to you. <laughs> and I came back to the U.S. and I looked at my, came back for college. You know, I looked at my peers and I thought, we're so ungrateful. We're so lucky. We don't know. It. We're so ungrateful. Was I ever like that? So that story has lived in me ever since then. And then um, more than 12 years ago, uh, I wrote my first story for Dick Williams at the Dunwoody Crier. And it was about uh, uh, one of my neighbors lived at the entrance to my subdivision every year, put this giant Bible in her yard at Christmas time. And it was open to the story of the nativity. And I was at a cocktail party and people were saying, you know, it's not Christmas till we see her Bible. What a lot of them didn't know was she was fighting cancer. So that clicked in my head and went back to the story that was still in me about these people in the Philippines who were struggling and yet they were grateful and happy. So that was the first story I wrote for Dick and that's kind of been what I've written about ever since. And then when he retired and I went over to the reporter, we launched Worth Knowing um, in the uh, spring of 2019, about a month later, guess what the AJC launched? Inspire Atlanta. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and the difference is we're hyper local, and you know they get a lot of their stories from the AP and you know who knows where. So we're hyper local, but we actually did beat them at that. But we're so small. I'm always looking for stories that need to be told and that that's what i do <clears throat> well yeah and and uh 
you know, as a, as a monthly column also, you're not, you're not doing 30 of these a month, you're doing one of these a month. So you've got to obviously kind of pick and choose a story that you think is going to resonate with your, with your readers a little bit more than, than just pulling points off, off the wire or doing short, short bits. Well, I try to get into, I mean, I'm not a reporter, I'm a writer. And I care more, not just about what people do, but why they do it. And that's what I try to get into. Now, when I wrote for Dick, I have always had a jump page and, you know, I had no word limit. Now I have a word limit. so (laughs) But I will tell you, my training writing 30-second TV commercials was great in terms of paring down to the essentials because you only have 30 seconds. You get rid of anything that's not essential. So that that helps a lot. But, yeah, I mean, and I'm always looking for these stories because they're out there. There are these people out there that defy the odds and I mean, it's so trite to say, but they make lemonade out of lemons. And they're the people that inspire me. And I think they inspire other people. So they're the ones I'm looking for. So you're writing this column, but you also have your own company, too, that, yes. that does marketing. So tell, tell me about that. What, what is that company and what do you focus on with them, with okay. that company? Um, it's, it's Stand Marketing. It's an LLC. And our tagline is stand for something. And if you were to go to the website, you'd see the headline is, if your brand doesn't stand out, someone else's will. And the only way to stand out is to stand for something. And you can look at all the great brands and they stand for something, not just features and benefits. I mean, I, you know, look at Amazon, it's customer's king. That is the one thing everybody knows about Amazon is you can return anything. You don't even have to give a reason. You get if you have Amazon Prime, you get free shipping. You are king. <laughs> and you can look at Nike. You know, just do it. How many years have they been saying that? And there's what they're saying is no excuses, people. Just get out there and do it. And, and you can look, you know, numerous of the great brands, and they all stand for something. And so we do. I mean, I've written a gazillion websites, and we do all of that. I do a lot of PR for my clients, but the biggest thing that we do is the strategy, the brand strategy. And to a lot of existing companies that want to rebrand, they don't even know what they stand for. And, you know, one problem, too, with a lot of these existing companies is they look at what their competitors are doing, and they just want to do the same thing, but a little bit better. Well, that's not going to work. You know, the people are so... Um, inundated with stuff, with information. It doesn't matter whether it's my column in the reporter or pop-ups like are just, you know, blowing your mind out of your head every time you go on the internet. I mean, that's what we're all competing against. We're all competing against every single bit of information that's out there. And there are billions of websites. And I mean, the pop-ups are getting worse and worse and worse. I think everybody agrees to that. So how do you get noticed? Right, right. So, so what, you know, when, when you, I mean, I imagine you get a number of, you know, people sending in ideas for your column every month. What? Not what, enough, man. Not, not enough? Okay. Well, we'll see if we can get, we'll, we'll send the word, we'll get the word out and see if we can get you some more. Uh, but what, what pops for you? What, what makes that pitch pop for you that, that makes it stand out and you, and you say, well, that's what I want to write about this month? Well, I have, several issues that I've written about my entire career and not just written about, but actually been involved in. And one is homelessness. 
and I don't mean, oh, whoa, are you, you're homeless, but there are many people that are homeless who work their way out of it, and their stories are amazing, and usually it's not just them on their own, there, there's usually also somebody that believes in them and helps them on their journey, so I've written a lot about that. I have, um, I've met people you cannot believe who are so incredible, like the Reverend Will Givens, who is the first um, senior pastor at an historically white church in Buckhead. His story just, it was amazing. And, and after I told it, he sent me a personal thank you note. And, you know, there's, so there are people out there that are, they're swimming upstream for a good reason. Right, right. And, and obviously, I'm sure you've seen a lot more of that over the past year. How, how has your either your writing of what you're writing about or how you're writing changed over the last 14 months or so? Well, one of the things um, I've written about more is the idea of community. And that really did start during the pandemic. I wrote about victory gardens and acts of kindness, you know, all of that. But we really do have more in common than we don't. We need to be reminded of that because if we lose our sense of community, we're just a bunch of like nothing, all floating out in space. So uh, that's a big topic right now. Yeah. So w when when you, when someone reads one of your columns, what do you what what is the action you want them to take? Do you what what, what would make you feel like wow this is this is worthwhile if they did this when they read my column this month? Well, most of the time I have some contact info about the person. So for example, um, the column running right now is about the old New York, the old New York bookshop in Midtown. And I'm um, a Pat Conroy junkie. <laughs> and I love, you know, everything he wrote. And in the 1980s and early 90s, in Midtown on, I believe it's on Juniper Street. Um, uh, there was an old house, there was a bookshop that sold rare used books and it was Pat Conroy's hangout. And actually he became best friends with the owners and they used to have these book signing parties. So Terry Kay and River Siddons, you know, all these great hmm. Southern writers of that time would launch their books at these invitation only book parties. And they were, you know, politicians were invited. Anyway, they're now operating, they closed and they're operating out of their home in Sandy Springs. And so I wrote about them. And to me, it was just an honor to talk to somebody that knew my idol so well. And they since told me they've gotten um, quite a bit of phone calls because of it. And not only that, but my editor, who's now leaving us, said they had a lot of traffic on the website, on our website for that story. That really made me happy. So <coughs> anytime I, I can get results is you're a PR person. I mean, right. I'm doing PR if you think about it for causes that I believe in. So, well, that, you know, that was, that was my leading that. question. I guess my leading question was, yeah, you, you want people to read that and say, how can I help? How can I contribute? How can I volunteer? Uh, and, you know, and I guess ideally with, and I, I was looking at your, that article this morning on the, on the website. And I, I guess the, uh, you know, ideally it'd be nice if someone said, Hey, Let's move that out of your house and back into a, a real bookstore again, right? You yeah, know, I don't think they want to do that, though. <laughs> well, I was going to say, they've, they've, they've been doing it for 
So they've been doing it for 50 years. They made <laughs> somebody else can have it. I don't want to, I don't want to do that again. I'm happy having 20, 20 foot walk from to, to work uh, to the bookstore every morning. Uh, because I write this column and this is just selfishness on my part. I got to know these people. I mean, Pat Conroy was the best man at their wedding in Italy. Yeah. I mean, so what I do is I just meet these people that are, I wouldn't meet any other way. And, and they're all interesting in their own way. So I'm looking at, uh, looking at the website, just kind of giving folks an idea of kind of the recent story. So there was, there was that story about the bookstore and then there was a story about canines comforting kids at children's healthcare and shopping, helping prevent homelessness in the pandemic. Uh, donating plasma to fight COVID. Um, story about boxing and Parkinson's. A story about uh, a jewel, a local donor jeweler who died at ninety three. So, you know, kind of people can kind of look at that and you know go to reporternewspapers.net and you can easily find your your worth knowing column and people can kind of see. I, I always encourage folks, you know, if you get a picture a reporter, you want to see their work ahead of time so you're. You're pitching a story that uh, that makes sense to you, uh, to what they like to write about. Uh, and actually, so, I haven't yeah. stepped on anything for July yet. Ah, okay. So there's I a slot. There's a slot. Okay. We have a new editor, and I'm going to turn in my stuff early for her because this is going to be her first print edition. Yeah. She's putting together, so I want to help her by you know turning it in early. So I have an early deadline in June. So. Send me something. I have some ideas, but I'm not convinced they're the right <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. So plug for the new editor. So Amy Wink is yeah. the new editor uh, who has a, a, a strong background in reporting in Atlanta. She wrote for Patch and wrote for the Business Chronicle for a lot of years here in Atlanta. Uh, she's, she's good folks. I think uh, I think you'll like working with her. I like her. I like her. And uh, John Rush, who's the – the outgoing editor is uh, now doing some contributing work with the supporter report. Uh, so I, I talked to him last week, so he's excited about some of the work that, that he's going to be doing over there for, for Maria, for her publication. So tell me something. This is kind of the, the fun part of these conversations. And, and you kind of teased me about this earlier. Tell me about something that's, that's fun and different about you that, that folks might not know about or probably don't know about. Well, Local people know. And by the way, I would say, just like the reporter is hyper-local, I'm hyper-local. So I, um, you know, my PhD focused on Southern Lit, which is basically Southern history as well. So I'm on the board of the Dunwoody Preservation Trust, and I'm vice president of marketing, which means I also do a whole lot of PR. And I rewrote the website a couple years ago, and that is one of my passions because we do a lot of education in fact we run the only history camp for kids that we know of in metro atlanta we even ran it last summer throughout the pandemic didn't have a single case of covid we do adult education we have a small museum that we're setting up um we uh we are the donaldson bannister farm that we manage is uh one of the premier wedding venues in this part of Atlanta. And I'm very, very proud of the work we do. We have only one full-time paid employee. Most of the work is done by volunteers who are just passionate about it. And that gets back to my theme of community. 
you can't have a strong community if people aren't connected in some way. And so we it's not that we're saving historic buildings, you know, because there are these old buildings that need to be saved, but they kind of remind people that we have something in common. And the, the um, Donaldson Bannister Farm is also a public park because we have a partnership with the city of Dunwoody. So it's it's just gorgeous. I invite people to just come visit. It is, and it's this, 1870 farm in the middle of suburban Atlanta. And so where, where is that? It's at the corner of Shambly Dunwoody and Vermac roads. In fact, Shambly. Atlanta magazine named our Rose garden, one of the okay. top 10 gardens in Atlanta last year. Okay. So, okay. So I'm, I'm just thinking where that so is. So if you okay. take Mount Vernon, yeah. Mount Vernon, the corner of Mount Vernon and Shambly Dunwoody, there's that big white farmhouse there. Right. He right. owned that. DPT owns that, but a law firm rents it. They like it so much they break. They pay their whole year's rent at the beginning of the year <laughs> to make sure they keep it. And it's a beautiful house, but it is. You can't, as the public, even go in there, make a request, and the agreement we have is they have to let people come in. Um, so if you were at that intersection facing the house, you would turn right on Chambly Dunwoody, and you would go a few blocks, and the Donaldson Bannister Farm is on the left. Okay, I probably we have now interviewed everybody who ever lived in that house. We have them on video, <laughs> That's and cool. you know, because we're keeping archives of not just the past, but we've been um, recording stuff about um, COVID, and you know, our our job is to record history, not just you know the distant past, but we're making history right now with everything we do. So. That's yes, great. That's and, um, my passions. Yeah, no, that's great. And I'm assuming you, that'll be digitally, they'll be on, on a website somewhere where people can see it and, and all that at some point. You can go to, um, you know, Google Dunwoody Preservation Trust and you'll get to the website, which I um, wrote. We, we rebranded about when I became VP of marketing, we rebranded. And we are now telling the story of what we do, which is it's community. Like, again, that is just one of my passions is and maybe it's because um as my father was a naval officer i never lived anywhere more than four years growing up and i realized the importance of community all right so i'm going to give a plug so that the website is dunwoody preservation trust.org so i'll i'll put that in the notes here too so folks can uh, can easily find that yeah, it's a nice website Thank you. Very I, cool. I think our summer camp is sold out again we, we sell out every summer but if you're if you have a child and you're interested it's a day camp and you can just take a week at a time um go ahead and go on there and you know if you're interested see if there are any spots sometimes something comes up and people have to pull out so um yeah. reviews okay. the summer camp and also our adult education that we have every month history alive last month well not last uh, may the topic was fighting fascism with film and we had a professor from mercer come and he's a history professor but he teaches a class on film not film production but how film affects what we think right and that was his topic it was it was fascinating so those are good topics too very good all right so now we get to the the fun lightning round so okay so last Last book that you read that you want to admit to publicly. Okay. I actually want to get this title right because I'm not quite finished with it, but it is an amazing book. It's called Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment 
and how it can help you find and keep love by Amira Levine and Rachel Heller. Now you want to hold, you want to hold it, hold it up so we can see. Yeah, yeah. Is that oh, a? I, I always. You want me to go? I have no, that's okay. Uh, I thought I thought you had the book there. That, no, that's I, fine. I that's fine. Done that, but um, attachment theory is kind of a new thing in in um, mental health. Instead of you know going to a psychoanalyst and going blahdy 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 blah for the next twenty years of your life and just going over the same old stuff over and over again. These people, and they're not the only ones, but they kind of encapsulated in this book, have come up with this theory that there are basically three and a half different styles of attachment based on your childhood. Hmm. And it's all scientific, though. It's not any like, woe is me or anything. And then once you, and they have tests in the book so you can figure out what your attachment style is. And then you can figure out how, if it's not a really good attachment and they don't make any value judgments. I do, but I'm not <laughs> judgmental. But, uh, then you can figure out how to improve your life. So it's a great book. All right. So favorite uh, Atlanta restaurant. Like I said, I'm hyper local and I adore Novo Cucina. Is that in, is that when you don't village? Yes. And at night it's magic. It's pure magic and i was eating there all during the pandemic i mean in the dead of winter we were out there on the patio with little twinkly lights everywhere and torches you know giving us warmth the food is the gelato you could kill somebody for one taste that's great I, I, I haven't eaten there in a long time but that's yeah. a great place all right favorite guilty pleasure well i don't know that it's guilty but i am i'm a weightlifter and i'm addicted to a class called Body Pump. And it's basically weightlifting choreographed to music. And I've been doing it for years. And I'm amazed at how much weight I can lift, but I'm not any stronger in my real life. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the connection is, but it, to, it just makes me feel mentally and physically strong and healthy. And I love it. That's great. All right. Uh, favorite local getaway? Barnsley Resort. Okay. Favorite uh, non-work hobby? And maybe that's maybe well, that's weightlifting, but uh. Well, that and also I am a wine snob and I belong to a very good group of friends who are also wine snobs and throughout the pandemic we have been having wine dinners in our homes. And luckily one couple has a heated screen porch. So when the pandemic was really raging, even in the winter, we were sitting on their screen porch, wine and great, we bring food to pair with it and everything. So yeah, that's, I, they keep me going. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have some wineries in North Georgia that you like to visit? Um, I like Yona Mountain. And I, I like Wolf Mountain, except it's always so crowded. And I do like Frogtown. They have some really excellent wines. And then Angleheim, which is off the beaten track in LJ, has a Petit Monsang that I adore. Hmm. So, okay. yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I've also excellent. been to Napa, Sonoma. I've been to wineries in Italy, France. <laughs> yeah, whenever I can visit, I do. So do you, do you have a nice selection there at the house that you keep for the yeah i do <laughs> excellent excellent uh, is there anything else we haven't talked about that you that you want to mention either about the column or or your, your the rest of your work uh, i think i know we've covered a good bit of ground here i would just say again you know the the topics 
that interest me that I would love to have some people, you know, contact me about are community, homelessness, animal welfare, and that usually is pet rescue, but it can also be like the <coughs> dogs at Children's Health Care of Atlanta or um, the column that'll be coming out. It's, it's, it might be out now for June about what happens to senior pets that nobody wants. And to me, that, that topic rang a bell because it's similar to what happens to old people that nobody wants. So, <laughs> good, good topic. It's a strong topic. So. Um, excellent. Uh, we've been talking with Carol. We've been talking with Carol Neamey, who is a columnist with the Reporter Papers. Her column is called uh, "Worth Knowing," and it appears every month online and in the print edition of the Reporter Papers in Buckhead, Sandy Springs. Brookhaven, Dunwoody, did I forget anything? Got all, is that all four? No, and um, I think maybe it dribbles over into what's technically maybe Shambly and Peachtree Corners. Okay. A lot of those people were part of historical Dunwoody, and then th that's what's kind of confusing is historical Dunwoody was this giant area, and now we have all these little chopped up cities. So. Yeah. Uh, and also, could I just give you um, my email? For yeah, me? I was, I was going to ask your, your email if folks want to send you story ideas, too. Okay, it's worthknowingnow at gmail.com. Okay, great. And I'm welcome to any and all ideas, particularly in these topics. And, oh, and the other thing, though, because we're hyper-local, we need some connection to our coverage area. Absolutely. So it's got to be something related to – Shanley, Brookhaven, Dunwoody, Sandy Springs, Buckhead. Listen, though, it could just be a leader that is in one of those four cities. Right, right. The might be elsewhere, but yeah. Excellent. Well, Carol, thank you. Appreciate your, your time this morning. And uh, folks, uh, as always, you can find our archive on our website, uh, leftassociates.com. Just click on the Four questions, journalist spotlight pull down, and you'll see a video option and an audio option. So if you're one of those folks who likes to see the pictures, then we can do that. And if you just like to listen at the gym, play the audio, you can do it that way too. And join us next week for another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight.